Hey, everybody. Matt Wallace bringing you AI every day. What a week it's been, both personally and professionally and in the AI world. I'm just blown away. So I announced about a week ago that I have co-founded a company called KamiWaz. We're building a stack that does enterprise AI focused around a distributed inference, high-performance inference, a distributed retrieval, I think bread and butter sorts of things and covering off on a lot of some of the operational challenges that we don't really see being well addressed in some of the existing tools out there. It's opinionated, but loosely coupled. So it's going to have a lot of things that it can do, but you don't necessarily have to, to take it all as a single package. That having been said, I didn't turn up to talk about that. Go read my post if you're interested in what I'm up to. But what blew me away this week is that there are two things going on that are better than anything I have seen before that are, look like fairly revolutionary jumps forward. The first is Google released Gemini Pro 1.5. And the thing that makes Gemini Pro 1.5 incredible is this million token context length. And I'm going to put up something on the screen that kind of shows a tweet from Jeff Dean, where he was highlighting a ton of interesting examples using the model. But they feed it 1,382 pages from Le Miserable, 732,000 tokens. And they give it a terrible napkin sketch of a couple characters and one's holding a candlestick and go, what page is this on? And it pops up page 1,099, which describes the scene. Yeah, hats off to Greg Kamrat, who invented the original needle in a haystack test that I think got a lot of press as it totally deserved to because it was a fantastic method for highlighting the strengths and weaknesses of context length retrieval. And um, Google took a page out of that book and literally conducted those tests. And then in some cases, even more strenuous version of those tests throughout the model. So I think that conceptually is really helping even on the research side, people think through how to evaluate uh, model retrieval. So if that wasn't enough and a million you know, tokens of context length is pretty cool, along with, of course, learning that Gemini Pro 1.5 is a mixture of expert, er, experts model and hats off to the Mistral guys for their MOE release because I think it's kicking off a ton of interesting research. The other thing is OpenAI's Sora model. And the paper is interesting because they, they titled the paper, the research release, quote, video generation models as world simulators, unquote. But cutting to the chase about what it does now, up to a minute length video, they look gorgeous. Absolutely the nicest text-to-video generation. Extremely, like, stable action and movement, not just from the subject. This isn't swirling motion where some stuff is happening, but really the it's like a photo that's animated as opposed to true video. Now, this model is like true video where wildly interesting things are happening. And two pirate ships doing battle on the surface of a cup of coffee. Or in an ornate historical hall, a massive tidal wave peaks and begins to crash. And two surfers seizing the moment skillfully navigate the face of the wave. And it you see this like gigantic thing looks like a huge auditorium. It's Baroque and ornate and has all these like columns and marble. But there's a tidal wave crashing sideways through it. And then there's these guys surfing through the wave. It just normally this would be the kind of thing that like would probably take special effects people a bunch of time to do. And it looks pretty darn realistic, given what you're seeing. And then other things like Minecraft simulation, prompt basically doing things in the Minecraft world that it looks like someone playing Minecraft, like I could be watching Twitch. So the model seems incredibly capable. The videos are incredibly detailed and gorgeous. The motion is smooth. 
a lot of these releases, obviously, and I found this to be true about like Runway Gen 2, there were certain kinds of clips, even in their little four second videos that looked really great. But my prompts tended to do much less well, right? Like it would take many attempts to get something that I really enjoyed and I had to really play with the parameters and things. So it'll be interesting to see how, it, how good it is, but they talk about long range coherence and object permanence. So they're really trying to make it realistically model both things that happen if the camera turns and turns back, that things stay stable, right? So it's not just the frame is tied to the next frame. It could be novel uses of attention mechanisms there, but also they're trying to make it like physically realistic as well. So that, that if you want something that is realistic, that there's certain amounts of cause and effect, if a thing falls from the sky and then it shatters and it splatters, like all those things happen in a way that's realistic. And it seems like they possibly trained it on a whole bunch of realistic real video, maybe even also though very specific things from like renders in an Unreal Engine. Like it, it feels very much to me like the training set could have been labeled video data generated by simulations run in Unreal Engine where certain things happened where they had total control over what was happening in terms of the physics and then feeding that into the model. But it's absolutely incredible. And it's really easy to see a couple of the past two podcasts I've talked about papers that have been released that maintain a stable identity of an object or person without fine tuning. In other words, you give it a picture of a person or a logo on a beer can or whatever, and you say, this floating on the ocean, this person is Captain America, whatever. And without any sort of fine tuning, this is not a dream booth type of situation, which has been out now for say a year. It's able to produce those derivative photos in a completely realistic way. Or now imagine that technology applied to video. So if Sora can today generate a minute of video, if it takes 120 generations to say, do a full length movie, but you are able then to prompt it, not just with text, but also with images. So you don't just say a gentleman in a top hat, you know, walks into an old time saloon. You say a gentleman in a top hat, parentheses, it's this image or some other way of referencing it walks into a saloon and it's a picture of a certain person, the actor, the person you created in mid journey, whatever it is. And it's able to stably generate video so that later on you can say this character is falling from the cliff or whatever. And you can do that. You could actually script and then render an entire movie in some number of prompts, however many scenes you probably want. I imagine every time the camera cuts, you're going to have a new prompt. And at least every minute you're going to have a new prompt. And you're probably going to have to cut the camera every minute because it's probably not going to be able to be stable between two generations. But nonetheless, those are pretty minor limitations when you start thinking about full-length video. And I felt like we would have full-length movies generated by AI within, call it, three to five years. Now I'm thinking it's less than a year from now. I think probably not later than mid-2025, we will actually have some sort of air quotes movie. And But I do think quite possibly we're going to see stuff appear that gets streamed, ends up on YouTube, but maybe even a theatrical release that might maybe maybe be 2026, raises all kinds of like questions again about, you know, copyright distribution, but talk about democratizing, right? Instead of having to have a whole bunch of production experience, you have an idea and a vision and you can describe it and play with it and then render it. You, know, you add that to the theory of being able to create realistic characters in mid-journey, realistic voices with all kinds of tools that are stable. And it opens the possibility of somebody just beginning with the idea of these are my characters, this is how they sound, this is how they look, and now I'm going to go and take them and build a story around them, and the story is visual. It's like what you used to be able to do with a book, you could now do with video, because the tools, for text it was just a typewriter, 
word processor and you could just sit down and write a book and it was your imagination to your reader. Now you're going to be able to potentially do the same thing with anything that's image and video. So being able to transplant that identity um, in these papers that have just come out in the past month is I think the last key aspect that really enables this from a true content creator perspective. Exciting times. Go check these things out. See you next time. Follow me, like, subscribe. I want to bring you more cool things.